Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Undisputed Future Podcast. I am C.D. Danny Mac, and this is my 25th episode of the podcast. Now, I know I've been behind a couple weeks. I know there's been a lot going on in the NXT universe in the month of September, so what I decided to do putting my personal issues aside and everything, just letting everything build up. And I am here to present to you CD's September Summary Special. Yeah, try saying that a bunch of times. So I needed to do something big for episode 25, and I think this is going to be it. This will be covering the September 13th edition, September 20th edition, and September 27th edition of WWE NXT. And there's a lot going on in the world of NXT right now. We have the rise of the Undisputed Era as they are deemed Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and of course, Adam Cole, Bebe. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm a fan of that stable name. I like to think that I inspired it somehow being the only independently produced podcast for NXT on iTunes available, but it may not be the case, but it's a great name. It's a great group of guys. They're just running roughshod all over NXT right now. They're definitely the main focus and talking point of this special, but I want to address something else first. Let's kick things off. September 13th edition of NXT started off with the iconic duo of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay taking on Ruby Riot and a supposed tag team partner. Now, William Regal granted this as a tag team match. Ruby Riot had absolutely no interest in finding it a partner, so she went out on her own, and the iconic duo made her pay for it for quite a long time in the early going of this matchup. Riot had no partner. She was at the mercy of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, or should I say, lack thereof. Until something very strange occurred in the NXT arena at Full Sail University. Nikki Cross of Sanity, Ruby Riot's most bitter rival probably to date, appears outside of the ring through the audience and starts skulking around and watching the matchup. And this obviously piqued my interest, wondering, will she tag herself in? And she tags herself in. She goes nuts. She hits the spinning neckbreaker on Peyton Royce and... Ruby Riot hits Billy Kay with a diving senton for the victory. An absolutely unexpected twist in this tag team matchup. The former bitter rivals of Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot. Uh, just it, obviously getting along, but under what circumstances? Like, what does what drove Nikki Cross to want to do this? I know sanity thrives in chaos. There's nothing more chaotic than trying to get along with somebody. You you beat up all over the arena, and that's what Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross are going through. So that alliance is definitely brought up in the next couple weeks. It's a big talking point in the developing women's division, especially with the exit of Asuka from NXT. The NXT Women's Championship scene is wide open, and we obviously need some new stories. So this odd couple mentality between Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross, definitely a good talking point. But another big talking point in NXT is, of course, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano, of course, coming off that upsetting loss at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn to Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. And Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss had something to say about it to Johnny Gargano, confronting him on this edition of NXT. And Moss will be taking on Gargano on the September 20th edition. I'll talk about that match in a little bit, but I do want to talk about this promo. Tino and Riddick Moss confronting Gargano in the Performance Center and pretty much laying out that he was the weak link of DIY, how he will not survive on his own as a solo star. And granted, this is coming from two 
rejected draft picks of the NFL. So what do these guys know as far as what goes on in the wrestling ring? Johnny Gargano not taking kind to it. He will be taking on Moss and Tino in a series of matches. But a blossoming rivalry in NXT we have is No Way Jose and Lars Sullivan. No Way Jose interviewed with Chrissy St. Cloud addressing what happened in Brooklyn, how Lars ended the fiesta and the conga line really before things were able to get started for the fiery Dominican. And Lars will challenge No Way Jose in a match on September 20th. But moving on to that Johnny Gargano and Riddick Moss match, it was a it was a pretty impressive showing for Riddick Moss. Now, Riddick Moss, obviously, I think he's the greener of the two in this tag team between him and Tino. The football transition, we've seen a few guys try and do it. Mojo Rowley, Baron Corbin come to mind. I think these guys have the look to do it as a cocky heel tag team. And this was, it's very hard to have a bad match with Johnny Gargano, but I do feel like this was Riddick Moss's best showing in the ring. It was a one-sided assault by the obviously way more powerful man. And Moss even calling out, you are nothing without DIY. Really trying to tug at the mentality and the psychosis of Johnny Gargano within these past couple of weeks and obviously something has been getting to Johnny because there was a point in this matchup where Gargano had this absolute face of disbelief when he broke out of the Gargano escape and Johnny couldn't believe it he did fend off Tino and hit the slingshot spear for Riddick Moss to secure the victory for the win but it was just this face of absolute disbelief coming across Johnny's face. You don't know where he is mentally since the DIY breakup and this NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3 loss. So Johnny Gargano is in the middle of a rebuilding process as far as his mental state goes. He, I think he needs to get his hands on Tommaso Ciampa to really provide himself with any sort of mental stability and closure. But that's something we have to wait for with Tommaso Ciampa being out for this terrible knee surgery. But while we still wait for that DIY rivalry to really come to a head full circle, let's move on to a rising tag team in the ranks of NXT. I'm talking about my boys in the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. These guys took on the Ely Brothers on the September 13th edition, and it was a, uh, it was a life lesson for the Ely Brothers to not touch Angelo Dawkins' headbands. Don't do it, because he'll go on a rampage after that. He'll beat you senseless, and uh, it was pretty great. But the Ely brothers, Gabriel and Uriel, coming into their own, what looks like a heel tag team. I had seen some pictures of them on the the house show circuits, trying out this new Prophecy Trilogy tag team with uh, some other superstar whose name is escaping me at the moment. But they seem to be filling this bodyguard role on the house show circuit. So it was very interesting to see them just be a two-man team again. They did manage to pull off the classic twin magic strategy during this one, but it was no match for the Street Profits tandem offense in this one. The Street Profits win with that gorgeous spine buster to frog splash combination by Montez Ford. Montez Ford with all the aerial ability, a lot of charisma. I think he's a really big up-and-comer, especially for that big African-American star that WWE always seems to be clamoring for. I think these guys have a real shot of being that in the tag team division. This episode of NXT went on to cover Aleister Black speaking on the September 20th edition, which I will definitely address because it was nice to hear the prophetic words of Aleister Black 
coming from a live microphone rather than just a vignette. We took a look back at Asuka's farewell. She will be debuting at the WWE TLC pay-per-view events. Her opponent is yet to be announced. Hopefully in October, we'll learn more about that. But Asuka's debut on the main roster is confirmed for the Raw pay-per-view TLC in October. But... Wolfgang had an interview afterwards as well. Uh, Wolfgang, of course, taking on Pete Dunne for the United Kingdom Championship in this edition of NXT. And Wolfgang, honestly, I love the Scottish accent. I like the Last King of Scotland nickname. The man is big and he can move and he's a very captivating superstar. I think he's a big deal in this UK division. And this main event matchup with Pete Dunne definitely proved my point. Speaking to that again, let's cover this matchup. Done with, of course, his famous body manipulation, joint manipulation, the real gritty, tough style that brought him to the United Kingdom Championship in the first place. It's a style that we saw provide him with a lot of success throughout the tournament and, of course, at NXT TakeOver Chicago in that show-stealing matchup with the former champion, Tyler Bate. But Dunn providing all that style, even on the bigger man trying to chop him down to size, I thought it was a very well done strategy, but Wolfgang's absolute speed and power combination shown through on this one, especially the power on the smaller opponent in Pete Dunn, the bruiserweight. Wolfgang had a lot of advantage in this matchup, but it was counter for counter. It was a really tough championship matchup. It was gritty. It was hard-hitting. It was everything you've expected and got out of these UK talents to this day, and it's been an awesome ride to have these championship matchups on NXT television. But the result of this one, Pete Dunne winning with the bitter end, and the fact that he was able to pull off the bitter end on such a bigger opponent like Wolfgang, very impressive showing for the bruiserweight in this one. But like I mentioned in the beginning, there would be anarchy in this UK division when Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly came out post-match, putting the assault on Pete Dunne and Wolfgang. Wolfgang taking the brunt of this, Pete Dunne managing to escape for a little while. He made his way up the ramp, forgetting his tag, t- forgetting his UK title, and just when you thought he was going to go back to help Wolfgang... The guy just slides his hand in, grabs his title, and gets out of there. He wants nothing to do with the Undisputed Era. Emphasis on the word Undisputed. I I really like the name of this faction. I thought Stable of Dishonor would have been really cool too. I thought Dishonor fitting in somewhere to play off the Ring of Honor. Roots would have been nice, but it's just not meant to be. Undisputed Era is the name of this faction. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole definitely making an impact on NXT television since appearing at TakeOver Brooklyn 3 as a faction for the first time. Very big on the word undisputed here, of course, and... uh Just got to see where it goes with these guys. The next episode I will be discussing, September 20th, features a tag team matchup with Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, accompanied by Adam Cole, taking on British Strong Style, well, two-thirds of British Strong Style, the duo known as Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. This episode of NXT, of course, highlighted by Aleister Black speaking for the very first time on a live microphone at Full Sail University. But to really kick this one off, I want to go back to Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling taking on Tino Sabatelli this one. Trash talking Tino. I think I'm going to deem this guy. Because he was words 
words, words, all in Johnny's ear throughout the whole matchup, and uh, those words were met with some vicious strikes by Johnny Gargano. Johnny really worked Tino's shoulder this whole entire matchup to set up for the very cleverly named Gargano Escape, and Gargano with a win over a tag team, especially a tag team that was trying to put him down, has got to be a real feather in the cap for Johnny Wrestling. It's got to boost his self-esteem. Having a win over two, honestly, premier athletes like Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. I didn't say premier wrestlers or sports entertainers, but these guys are good athletes. They're built like machines. Their cardio has obviously got to be very good. They're strong. They're going to make an impact in the tag team division. It's just a matter of time. But they did meet two pretty good singles matches. Again, it's very hard to have a bad match with Johnny Wrestling. But Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss both did have really exceptional matches, especially in comparison to the work I have seen from these guys in the past. So it was a big stepping stone over these past few episodes for for uh, Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli. In my book, just looking at them in comparison to where they were just a matter of months ago, just when I saw them at Poughkeepsie. You see the improvement on television. Really nice to see how what how much these guys are just working, not trying to just coast off the success of being in the NFL and being athletes that way. They want to put in the work. They're at the Performance Center. They're trying to work on their craft. And being in the ring with somebody, somebody as elite as Johnny Gargano has definitely got to be a boost. And uh, obviously showing that NXT management has a lot of faith in these guys to come up and be a big deal. But again, Johnny Gargan, no escape, beats Tino Sabatelli. Moving on to another superstar of NXT with a lot of universal babyface appeal, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong gets a chance to talk to William Regal about a match with Drew McIntyre for that NXT championship, and that will happen in two weeks. I'll talk about it on the first episode of October for the Undisputed Future podcast. Roderick Strong takes on Drew McIntyre for the NXT Championship, and I'll discuss it next episode, episode 26. Still can't believe I'm 26 episodes in. This has been quite a great ride. Really back to be doing this again. Really great to give you guys a big September summary. We're going to move on to women's discussion now. Before Lacey Evans takes on Bianca Belair, and I talk about that matchup, there were a couple of vignettes going on these past few weeks about potential competitors for the NXT Women's Championship. The now-vacant championship was discussed by Sonya Deville, a favorite of mine in the division. I think she deserves a spot to compete for it next. Anyway, Sonya went on to say that Asuka and her have not stepped in the ring together, and that's the only reason why the Empress of Tomorrow's undefeated streak went on for so long. Big, bold words by DeVille. I think it really sticks to that tough, trash-talking MMA-style gimmick that she's got. Put your hair up and square up is what DeVille had to say to Asuka, and Sonya's really looking like a competitor for this NXT Women's Championship, as well as these two former May Young Classic competitors, Lacey Evans and Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair with that patented ponytail is definitely something to keep your eye out on this NXT Women's roster. It was a great showing for both ladies. These two both put on a great show in their respective matches at the Mae Young Classic. Fantastic tournament. If you haven't checked it out on the WWE Network, I definitely recommend it. I'm a big Shayna Baszler fan, so it was nice to see her step into a WWE ring. Her finals match with Kyrie Sane was pretty off the charts. And these two ladies put on great showings for themselves as well. 
Ladies of Finesse is really what I have to say about these two. They both got swagger. They both got confidence in themselves. Lacey Evans has a lot of finesse and grace. And Bianca Belair has a lot of power. And that hair whip is... Who would think a move like that would really take the wind out of you? But if you believe it and you hear the sound of the whip that echoes through Full Sail, you really think that Lacey Evans might have cracked a rib on one of those shots. But it's not just about the hair. It's not just about showing off with Bianca Belair. She's a power lifter, and she proved that with a reverse powerbomb to put away the lady of NXT, Lacey Evans, the former Marine. A big win for Bianca Belair this time. The EST of NXT rolled on victorious. These two ladies not being my immediate favorites for the Mae Young Classic definitely put on a great match worth checking out. Really showing how hard the ladies are working in NXT to prove that they want to step up and take Asuka's spot as champion. But moving on to a superstar I've had my eye on for quite some time now. Aleister Black speaks. He's suited up. He looks dark and dangerous and honestly quite handsome, the Dutchman. And uh, he came out. He started talking about his thir- his 15-year journey to NXT. 13 years. Maybe Tommy End had a 13-year journey. But Aleister Black has had a 15-year journey to NXT. He's traveled a lot. He's experienced a lot. And the beauty in all this is that he encaptures it in his tattoos. What he calls these scars are the experiences that he's experienced on the professional wrestling circuit, on the road, throughout his life. It's a really interesting take. Gave you a really good look at what Aleister Black is inspired by. Almost a look at what makes the guy tick, but uh, I don't think anybody's going to be able to figure that out. But somebody did try to get under his skin. Velveteen Dream making an appearance. Patrick Clark calling out Aleister Black and saying that he is the light. We did not get to hear what Aleister Black's next step is, but it might be to take on the Velveteen Dream. What an eccentric promo by Velveteen Dream. I think this might have been the ambiance he's finally asked for. An opportunity to speak with Aleister Black. It was it was absolutely eccentric. Dream saw a man in pain, and that Aleister's biggest problem is fear. Velveteen Dream thinks Aleister Black is a man who looks afraid. Now, I don't know what eyes he's been looking into, but the cold, calculated eyes of Aleister Black have never spelt fear. No matter what opponent I've seen him in the ring with on NXT, he's been in there with two top competitors of Ring of Honor in Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, two guys who are running roughshod all over the NXT circuit right now, And Velveteen Dream says Aleister Black is in fear and that this guy looks afraid. I don't think Velveteen Dream knows the battle he's getting himself into, but he got a glimpse of it when Aleister Black kicked the microphone from Dream out of his hand with absolute precision on that black mass spinning wheel kick. And Velveteen Dream absolutely shocked just for a matter of minutes Aleister Black dropping into his patented seating position after that Black Mass kick. And then Velveteen Dream exits very oddly. He dropped. He got in Aleister's face, almost crawling over him. It was almost like he was trying to seduce Aleister Black. It was... 
I don't know if I could use the word eccentric enough to describe Velveteen Dream, but this is a rivalry that's two exact opposite ends of the spectrum. You got the cold, calculated, mysterious Aleister Black, and you got the Velveteen Dream, the flashy, the ambiance, the over-the-top flamboyance. It's a very big character clash here, but these two guys are both no jokes in the ring, so I'm really hoping we get to see them lock up at the next NXT TakeOver. With a darkness and a light rivalry forming somewhere in the NXT universe, let's go back to women's action. Mae Young Classic competitor and one of my independent favorites, Dakota Kai, is not one to take lightly. She's the leader of Team Kick, she's willing to step up and strike with the best of them, and I think she's she's one to keep an eye out for. Absolutely. Dakota Kai has got a very unique presentation, she... She's adorable, if I could be very front, very upfront about that, and she's tough. I think she appeals to the major areas WWE needs in a big female star, and Dakota Kai is definitely one to keep out and keep your eyes on. But a superstar to keep your eyes on in NXT, and it's very hard not to, is the big behemoth Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan taking on No Way Jose in a TakeOver Brooklyn 3 redemption match. And uh, it's it was a massive power display by Lars Sullivan. We've seen this guy take out three opponents in the same sitting. Jose having difficult having difficulty knocking Lars down. It did not stop Jose from trying, though. The Dominican fire was raging... But Lars Sullivan just showing off his entire arsenal in this one. It was a really good match. It was a big clash of two really the tallest and some of the bigger superstars in NXT. But Lars showing off some arsenal tonight in this one, guys. Lars with a diving headbutt off the top rope and a massive slam to Noe Jose securing the behemoth, his victory. The Denver, Colorado monster remains undefeated on NXT. The man himself has never been pinned. He's been a victim of a few tag team losses, but he himself is yet to be defeated, pinned, submitted. Lars Sullivan is a monstrous force in the NXT singles division. And uh, gotta tell you, I'm not exactly signing up to be his tag team partner because we all see how that goes. But Lars Sullivan seems to be a one-man wrecking crew right now. William Regal... I guess going back on not letting him compete in tag team matchups, but a big singles victory for Lars Sullivan in this one, but a bigger tag team match main eventing the September 20th edition of NXT, Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven take on the Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, internationally traveled stars on each side of these tag teams. It was a lot of back-and-forth tag team action. It was great seeing the British strong style clash with the ROH grittiness of O'Reilly and Fish. It was excellent. But Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish did not win this matchup on their own. Adam Cole playing a role and a distraction led Fish running Trent Seven into the barricade, singling him out on the outside. British strong style was still on display in this one. Tyler Bate trying a comeback. Two excellent teams in this one. Another great NXT television main event, but Adam Cole takes out Tyler Bate. He played a factor this entire matchup, and from there, the Red Dragon was able to hit their high-low, devastating brain-buster maneuver for the victory on this one. Now, 
Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole had been messing with Drew McIntyre since NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, and McIntyre was finally able to come out and confront the three, but McIntyre wasn't the only one they ruffled the feathers of sanity as a force coming out on the outside, McIntyre confronting them, chasing O'Reilly, Fish, and Cole into Sanity's attack. It was a beautiful strategy by the champion, chasing them into the chaos realm of Sanity, and a brawl breaking out and a great ending to the September 20th edition of NXT. Sanity and Drew McIntyre proving that they will not back down to this undisputed era. September was a raucous month for NXT, guys. We're two episodes down. Let's move on to September 27th. This edition of NXT had Adam Cole's in-ring debut, baby. But first, it kicks off with a special announcement by William Regal for the NXT Women's Title Future. Over the next two weeks, a series of matches to join May Young Classic winner Kyrie Sane at NXT TakeOver Houston in a fatal four-way match for the championship. Now, Kyrie Sane filling her spot with winning the May Young Classic again, an absolutely incredible match with Shayna Baszler, a match worth checking out, and future of women's wrestling is headed in the right direction if we keep picking up and promoting talents like Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane's still very young, but she's got a bright future ahead of her. She's already qualified for this Fatal 4-Way and cannot wait to see what other talents join her in Houston. But to really kick off NXT, we had Sanity storming the ring to address last week and to address the ROH guys, to address the Undisputed Era. And Sanity's been doing what they set out to do. They are making a mark in NXT. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters outside of the world of chaos to Eric Young. Eric Young delivering a bone-chilling promo to kick off this edition of NXT. And what Eric Young proposes to do tonight against Adam Cole is take him to the edge of sanity. Now, Eric Young delivering on the mic... Eric Young delivering later in a great match with Adam Cole. But let's talk about another hard-hitting matchup for NXT. Lars Sullivan is back in in in-ring action, taking on Oni Larkin. Now, Oni Larkin is not a guy who likes bullies. He doesn't like Lars very much. He doesn't like people getting beat up for just being his tag team partner. Oni Larkin really trying to take a moral stand here. And I think Oni Larkin can be a babyface in NXT. He's already getting over with the audience in how much work you see him put in, how hard the guy hits. The rivalry with a heel Hideo Itami, I think, really rose his stock in NXT. And the two matches with Danny Burch are two of my favorites this year. So Lars Sullivan takes on the rising Oni Lorcan. And Lorcan hitting harder than usual, if you could believe that to take it to Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan absorbing all of the shock and all of the strikes. And if you've seen Oni Larkin in the NXT ring before, and especially if you've seen him live, you could see sweat flying off the guys that he hits. When he grabs you by the face and starts slapping you repeatedly, I feel that sitting on the couch at home. So this guy having to hit even harder to get to Lars Sullivan... That just shows what kind of scale and what kind of destruction it's going to take to knock down this monster. 
Owen Larkin trying everything. He tried to pick up the speed and pick up the pace against Lars Sullivan, even getting the big man knocked out to the outside momentarily, but then a suicide dive into Lars resulted in just a beautiful catch and transition into a ringside apron snake eyes maneuver, dropping Larkin on his face. Absolutely vicious, vicious maneuver. Lars Sullivan... Lars Sullivan seeming to only get motivated by every single strike that Lorcan threw at him. Lorcan tried that patented grab and slap him in the face, and it only seemed to rile up the giant monster. Sullivan just took it from there. Sullivan hitting a side spine buster, a huge powerful maneuver, collapsing Oni Lorcan on his back for the 1-2-3 victory. But Lars was not done there. Lars thinking he could take apart Oni Larkin even more. And just when you think a post-match assault is about to take place, Larkin's known arrival, the UK's Danny Birch, coming out to save Larkin from this post-match assault. Now, we've seen these guys go at it as rivals. I just mentioned their two previous matches. They're great. They're really great guys. You could see the sportsmanship is there. That's what I like about Danny Birch. There's a lot of competitors' respect coming from both sides, Lorcan and Birch. I think these two guys can make a really great tag team if this alliance plays out. So this this joining up to take down Lars Sullivan, I'm hoping results in some sort of handicap match or some sort of ability to prove that Lorcan and Birch can work together. But two people who have been working together and did work together a couple weeks back, Ruby Riot addressing the Nikki Cross situation in an interview and Nikki Cross helping Ruby Riot. Uh, Ruby Riot really at a loss of words did not expect Nikki Cross. She didn't ask Nikki Cross. She'll give the iconic duo a fight no matter what. And uh, if Nikki Cross wants to show up, she can show up and fight. But as long as Cross stays out of Riot's way, this very, very emphasis on loosely Alliance, it's it can work out, but these two ladies, I don't know how it's how it's not going to come to absolute blows here. Riot and Cross have torn each other apart. We've seen it over the past weeks in NXT. We saw it at a triple threat match. It, it was absolute craziness. I'm still blown away by how Cross came down and just helped Ruby, Ruby Riot. I guess creating chaos is insanity's wheelhouse, and it's what they do. It really shouldn't surprise me that much. But it's definitely messing with me mentally, and that's Sanity's game. But, Ruby Wright, Nikki Cross teaming up to take on Iconic Duo at a later date. But, women's division action is picking up. We see a bunch more of those vignettes for the supposed NXT Women's Championship competitors. I'll get to those in a little bit. After we do some tag team action here, we have the return of the stakes-eating, weight-lifting duo known as Heavy Machinery, Otis Dozovic and Tucker Knight taking on Demetrius Bronson, a former NFL standout, and Patrick Scott, who has four years' experience on, uh, on the independent circuit. I really didn't get a chance to look up where these guys were from. Uh, I, I kind of miss Nick when it comes to looking up footage on uh, jobber opponents. But this was all heavy machinery. Patrick Scott realizing very, very quickly that his slaps on Tucker Knight were to no effect. The Boom Shakaloo, which I think is one of the coolest tag team tandem offenses in the game today. That shotgun spin around headbutt definitely laying out Demetrius Bronson here. 
And uh, Bronson tried to sweep a hold on the bigger guys. It just didn't work out. Patrick Clark and Demetrius Bronson absolutely tossed around in this matchup, thrown all over the ring, and the compactor came back and it flattened them in style. The compactor for a perpendicular pin on both superstars. Not just the legal man. I lost track of who the legal man was, but both men were getting pinned by the time that this one was over. And heavy machinery keep trucking forward. They keep trying to prove they belong in the NXT tag team title hunt. And we'll have to see where it goes from there. But they still got my vote. They're one of the most entertaining big man duos I've ever seen. Definitely in recent history. I got high hopes for heavy machinery. But that sanity tag team title run. I have a feeling it's going to go for quite some time. But moving back to Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano after his two successful matchups against Riddick Boss and Tino Sabatelli. Is getting his rematch with Andre Cien Almas. It was granted to him at the Performance Center by William Regal, and it was also noted that something very special was planned for NXT TakeOver Houston, and it's been all over the news. I'm not going to say I'm going to get to it later. I'm going to get to it right now. War Games is returning. The dual-sided WCW brainchild of Dusty Rhodes is returning to NXT TakeOver Houston, which I believe has been renamed NXT TakeOver War Games. I cannot wait for this one. I'm not going to say the competitors yet because it hasn't been announced on the tapings. You can look it up yourself if you want to go in for the spoils, but it's an elite lineup. It's absolutely bound to be a roof-shattering matchup, and uh, we'll definitely be talking about that in the next couple of weeks, but Something special planned for Houston, that's it. War Games is returning to NXT. But from the Performance Center to back to Full Sail, we had Christy St. Cloud standing by with Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong being interviewed about his championship matchup with Drew McIntyre, and Roddy is preparing for this one like it could be his last chance. He keeps moving forward, he doesn't let any of the past adversity, his business with Bobby Roode for now seems to be finished, And we'll just have to see what Roddy brings to the table. We know he can fight. We know the championship drive is in Roderick Strong. We know it's Roddy and his family against the world. And right now, his world is the NXT Championship. Roderick Strong takes on Drew McIntyre in the first episode of October for the NXT Championship. But let's move back to women's action. We had Liv Morgan taking on the Vanessa Bourne, a Mae Young Classic competitor. And Liv Morgan, being an NXT veteran, still deems herself the future of NXT. She's been touring on the main roster, which I've also found interesting. Obviously, a lot of faith in Liv Morgan. She's very charismatic. She's very cute. She's got a good look to her, and she's got some pretty stellar athletic ability. She's been an uh, she's been a talent to keep her eye on. She's one of the better talents coming out of the Performance Center, and Liv Morgan seems to be showing a new confidence. In her entrance, in her attire, just the way she's presenting herself, she's really presenting herself as an NXT veteran, and I know that's a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a uh, paradox there. But NXT veteran, somebody who has a long-standing time in front of the full sale audience in the NXT ring, able to bring up the other girls and just really bring out the best of a May Young Classic competitor in Vanessa Bourne. I thought it was a really good matchup. 
I uh, I like Vanessa Bourne. I think she's got a, she showed a lot of promise. I think it was leaps and bounds better than her first NXT television matchup, and she was she had a very good showing in the Mayon Classic. But a new arsenal and this new confidence of Liv Morgan did manage to pay off, able to fend off the aggression from Vanessa Bourne. Morgan pulled out all the stops and some new arsenal, and she was able to win with a leaping double knees to the face and getting the 1-2-3 against the Mae Young Classic competitor. Don't sleep on Liv Morgan as a possible next NXT Women's Champion. I mentioned it. She's been touring with the main roster. That could indicate call-ups, or it could indicate that she's one of the premier talents, and they want her to be a locker room leader and a champion in NXT. I don't know where it's going to go, but it's nice to see Liv Morgan back on television, and she's definitely a talent to look out for in the future of the women's division. We took a look back at Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black's um, still still thrown off by the eccentric exit of Velveteen Dream on that one. You don't want to trigger somebody like Aleister Black, and you don't want to try and make the guy a, a fool. And Aleister Black addressing this in a performance center promo, um, just getting off a hard-hitting MMA-style workout, you see Aleister Black throwing his patented roundhouse kicks to a trainer, and you hear the sound of the bag go through the performance center. I really like these performance center promos. They feel organic, they feel natural, they actually feel like you stumbled across somebody on a workout and you just want to get their thoughts. But what Aleister Black said, he addressed the desire to be unique, and the absolute drive and the individuality in today's age, and I'm in Patrick Clark's age stretch. I'm in that 22 to 26 range that Patrick Clark is in, and all that social media attention and the narcissism that something like that could bring to rise, and this desire to be unique, and how I'm the only one, and how I'm this unbelievable individual, I totally see what Aleister Black is saying, and he refuses to acknowledge the behavior of a child. He sees all of this as an attention-grabbing technique, just as a child throwing a tantrum. I thought it was a very, very good take on uh, on Velveteen Dream from Aleister Black. Aleister Black not giving much to Velveteen Dream's words, but this is definitely a rivalry that Aleister Black will want to show that Dream's ways are not what he's going to. He's not going to stand for it. He's not going to go through all the theatrics and the -the over-the-top behavior from Patrick Clark. But moving on to another matchup, we have the knockout artist Cassius Ono take on a cruiserweight classic competitor from Italy, trained by Alex Wright. I'm talking about Fabian Eichner. Fabian Eichner, I saw as the Italian Cesaro in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. I thought he was a guy to be signed in the initial initial advent of 205 Live. I thought he would have been a great talent for it, but uh, he obviously over that 205 weight limit. Really strong guy, finding his footing in NXT television, taking on a large opponent in Cassius Ono. And believe it or not, it's not easy to go strike for strike with the knockout artist, but Eichner was able to do it. It was uh, it was crazy. Air Eichner took off as well. The guy is strong, he's powerful, and he's fast. That's where the Cesaro comparison came from. Plus, he's a bald white guy from from Europe. But I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna scan over that for now. Air Eichner, Air Eichner with a crazy 
top rope springboard, and you know it's crazy because he acknowledged how crazy it was. A flying powerhouse is what Eichner is, and he missed a double spring moonsault, and that opened up Cassius Ono to come back, hit with the cyclone kick, and pin Eichner for the 1-2-3. But Fabian Eichner is a talent to keep your eye on in NXT, Go back and watch his match in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament if you haven't seen it. Really give you a look at what this guy is all about. Fantastic athlete. He's uh, he's definitely a European talent to keep your eye out for in this grand WWE landscape. But let's move on to the champion. Drew McIntyre talks Roderick Strong in the first episode of October. His first title defense would not be his last Really short, really sweet to the point, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre proving that he's a fighting champion anytime, any place, any opponent, no matter what the level of respect is. And he obviously respects Roderick Strong a lot for coming out and being so in his face about getting an NXT title opportunity. That's a match to look forward to next week. We got a little inside look at the... Uh, May Young Classic competitor, May Young Classic tournament winner, Kairi Sane, the Japanese pirate queen princess. Pirate princess or queen? I think she might be a pirate queen. I'm not sure her level of pirate royalty, but I know she's an explorer. I know she's a fantastic Japanese talent, and I know I look forward to seeing her in the Fatal 4-Way at NXT TakeOver War Games. But let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about the in-ring debut the NXT Universe has been clamoring for. Adam Cole, baby, takes on Eric Young, the leader of Sanity. Adam Cole, Eric Young going head-to-head because Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish taking out the new tag team champions after TakeOver Brooklyn 3. I don't think the first rivalry you should try and put yourself into on NXT should be with a group like Sanity. But obviously the gold means a lot to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. They don't care what kind of challenge Sanity presents itself as. They're going to try and thrive in the chaos, which not many teams in NXT have been able to do. But outside of the tag team action, let's get to the singles action. Adam Cole speaks before his matchup, he tells us to feel it. Really feel the change and this shock to the system that they're bringing to NXT. I dug the promo. I thought it was really good. He went on to go to his three U's. Untouchable, unstoppable, and undisputed. I thought that was a really cool sequence. I liked the alliteration. I don't like that they stole undisputed, although I'm kind of proud of it at the same time. It's a very... It's a very bittersweet feeling hearing the word undisputed on NXT television and knowing it's not referencing the first ever NXT champion, Seth Rollins, or my podcast, but Undisputed Era is full force in NXT. Psychological warfare is clear in this matchup. Eric Young and Sanity really piecing together what they are known for best, and that is absolute chaos on the outside. A lot of combustible elements with Fish and O'Reilly standing by. Dane and Wolf and Cross all at ringside. It was, well, I can't say this word enough this episode, everybody. It was chaos. It was absolute chaos from beginning to end. Outside combustible elements, Wolf and Fish locking up. 
And then you think Dane and O'Reilly are going to go at each other. And then once everything's coming together, once everybody's striking each other amidst all the chaos, Eric Young having an advantage in this matchup has a downed Adam Cole and the opportunity to hit him with this patented elbow to the back. But instead, Eric Young decides to dive into the chaos outside instead, taking out not only his brethren in sanity, but Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly successfully as well. Eric Young with a huge dive to the outside, but that would prove to cost him. Adam Cole hitting a running, standing, shining wizard as soon as Eric Young makes his way back into the ring and a successful NXT television debut matchup for Adam Cole. Now, Adam Cole is out to set this era of NXT as his own. So is every other champion to come through. Every single hottest free agent signing of NXT wants it to be their NXT. But you know what? We are NXT. We're the fans. We're the ones out here talking about it. You're not taking it over, Cole. I'm sorry. It's undisputed no on that one. But Cole, Fish, and O'Reilly, they're going to try their best. They're going to go for the, obviously, Red Dragons going for Sanity and the tag team titles. Adam Cole taking on either McIntyre or Strong for the NXT Championship. I could see that a little bit in the distance. But I also feel that there are a lot of hardworking guys in the NXT locker room that haven't been shown the respect of these hottest free agent signings. And that's, that's of course, the gift and the curse with NXT. It gives all of these world travels, independent stars, a place to go to get their foot in the WWE hold. But then you got people working on the Performance Center and coming in as a fresh talent. And guys who haven't even gotten television time yet working the house show circuit, proving that they're trying to become an interesting character and a product as well. But a lot of these guys could just get signed and thrown into the, t- into the title picture. And it, it's a lot to think about in NXT as a developmental system. That's kind of why it's refreshing to think of it as a third brand and not a developmental system. Because it could just be a third brand where all the hottest agents around the world are signing to. Not just the territory of bringing people up, up and through the performance center. It's a really interesting dynamic when it comes to the hottest free agent signings on NXT, and it's always worth a talking point. Get at me at at podcast underscore UF on Twitter. But to summarize the episode tonight here, guys, Adam Cole, a successful in-ring victory against Sanity's leader, Eric Young. Okay, guys, September 13th, check. September 20th, check. September 27th, check. I know it was a little bit all over the place. I know it was kind of a short, sweet, jolted all the episodes. We usually get a half hour to discuss week to week, but I've been going to be honest. I've been going through a lot of personal stuff, a lot of changes in my life, just a lot of a lot of mental stability lacking lately to uh, to really sit behind this microphone. But I'm back. I'm glad to be talking to you guys. I'm especially glad and proud of my friends who started their own podcast. Just let me give a really quick couple of cheap plugs here if you just bear with me the new paranormal podcast a fantastic series discussing all things cool and creepy you could find that on soundcloud it's a great great thing going into the fall season you got the october halloween specials kicking up why not listen to some great stuff as well absolutely kick-ass conversation the new paranormal podcast go check it out on soundcloud And to all my American football fans out there, Mock Draft Podcast, at MockDP on Twitter. 
Two really great friends of mine, Will and Bobby, they go really in-depth with fan discussion on fantasy. It's always an emphasis on fan. They're taking things away from the so-called experts and really trying to speak to the audience in a language that you can understand in just a general every man's take of fantasy football. It's really great conversation, uh, explicit contact, so you might want to... uh, Shield the kids' ears on that one, but it's a really great podcast. Uh, I'm a fantasy football player. I'm in three different leagues. I love talking to these guys just on my own time. I love listening to them go back and forth on their podcast. Just check them out. The New Paranormal and Mock Draft Podcast for all of your seasonal Halloween needs as well as fantasy football discussion. But it's been great to be back discussing WWE NXT. Um... I got to discuss the first episode of October, and I'll be back this month, guys. October is going to be a huge month for the Undisputed Future. I'm up. I'm giving out business cards to everybody I see, so thank you to any new listeners out there. Please get at me on the social media. If I didn't give you a card, uh, if you don't know the card, if you're just coming across this, uh, let me give you the social media information. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. I just mentioned that. Please stay tuned for all polls and discussion. I'll live tweet Raw. I live tweet SmackDown. I won't live tweet NXT because like I say, this is a spoiler free zone. But stay tuned with any WWE or professional wrestling discussion from all over the world. I'd be more than happy to take it to you. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word is the Instagram. You'll see pictures of me at the events. You'll see live pictures from NXT events. You'll see a bunch of different wrestling memes I come across and find funny on the day-to-day. And please find us on Facebook, Undisputed Future Podcasts. Um, you'll find all the new episodes and SoundCloud links up on there. I gotta start engaging with the memes a little bit more on the Facebook page as well. But uh, all the social media is up. It's running. Please discuss with me, guys. There's a few Twitter polls up there that I'd really like some answers to. Give me a little bit of discussion. Uh, I'd love to talk about Shinsuke Nakamura's treatment on the main roster. What are you guys thinking about the new Bobby Roode call-up to SmackDown Live? How is Ty Dillinger faring in the U.S. title scene? There's so much to discuss on WWE television of notable NXT alumni. I want all of the discussion coming at me. Please give those a follow and... Give me a text, give me a tweet, give me anything you want, and I'll sit there and happily discuss any professional wrestling with you. But especially an emphasis on WWE NXT, I am CD Danny Mac. Thank you guys once again for joining me on this episode 25 special. CD's September summary is over, and I'll see you in October. (laughs) 